Hello and welcome to the Sense of Place podcast. Now in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Trevor Finnegan all about the disappearance of Ireland's unique and offbeat shop fronts. Now I mean, of course, once upon a time, these shop fronts would have been the standard face of Irish towns. But what with the rise of chain stores like Tesco's and Boots, the sight of them is sadly becoming a lot more rare. Trevor has a love of typography and an appreciation for the craftsmanship put into these shop fronts and their signs. As a result, Trevor decided to embark on a personal project called Our Type, in which he documents these disappearing shop fronts through his photography. Now, before we begin today's episode, I'll give you a broad overview of what me and Trevor talk about. How Trevor discovers shop fronts across Ireland, why these shop fronts are beginning to disappear and some of the problems that are causing this, the importance of protecting shop fronts from the 70s and 80s, and what the future of the R Type project holds. Now, before we crack on with today's episode, I'd suggest you go and check out Trevor's Instagram, which can be found at OurType, O-U-R dot T-Y-P-E. Um, I mean, you're welcome to look at this before, during or after the podcast, but obviously seeing the actual images that we're talking about is nice just to get a feel of what the actual shop fronts look like and the different and unique designs that can be found across Ireland. Trevor also does have a website up and running, but I'm going to leave that bit to the podcast for him to tell you all about it because it's actually quite a recent thing. So check out his Instagram, find out about the website, and then you can check that out too. Anyway, now we'll get into today's episode and I hope you enjoy it. So I wanted to start off by asking what is the R-Type project about and also where did you get the name for that from? So yeah, so the, the project is kind of like it started off about almost about over 10, 10 or 11, 10 years ago now. It didn't it didn't start out, out originally as R-Type. It just started out as a kind of a, a college project. I studied graphic, graphic design in the National Art College here in Dublin and it just started off as a kind of typography project studying rural kind of shop fronts and typography in villages around Ireland. So yeah, so it just kind of started out as that. And then the the idea for the, the name our type comes from the, the the idea that a lot of these shop fronts are very unique to Ireland and you know just a play on the word type typography as well. So Oh uh, yeah, I see. Also I didn't realise you started it that long ago actually, because I first found it through, you know, that Guardian article. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like from like a year ago. So Yeah. Been doing going for a while. When did it sort of pick up? Was it kind of when that article happened or was it before? Yeah, it was kind of just before about yeah, about about a year, year and a half ago, it kinda of started really kind of taking you know, it's kinda of taking shape a bit more and so yeah, so like a lot of people, like I've, I kind of started an Instagram account of all of the photographs about, I think it was about two years ago. Like I used to just kind of use them on my own Instagram account and then people were kind of commenting on them or like, like talking about they really, really liked the project. And so then I kind of started to kind of create its own Instagram account and kept sharing photographs of various shop fronts from around the country. And then then kind of like a lot of the kind of architects and kind of heritage, heritage people in Ireland kind of started taking notice of it as well. And then around, I don't know, around four or five, no, but probably about half a year ago or so, part of the project has been um, exhibited at the, the Biennale over in Venice as part of the Irish the Irish entry to the, the Biennale over there. So they asked me, would I be interested in, in exhibiting one of the photographs from that? And then like from around that, then it became really, 
it got a lot of press coverage and then the kind of Guardian thing happened from around there. And yeah, it just all started picking up really quickly from, from around that. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like it all just came in one go, really. Yeah, big time, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, there's been like a lot of kind of magazines from around Europe, like Germany and France and um, Switzerland, and then a few in, in the States as well. I've also kind of picked up on it and done interviews with them also. So yeah, it just kind of gathered pace over the last while, which is kind of interesting. So how do you go about finding these shop fronts? Is it like word of mouth or is it just you going out to find them, exploring? Because originally when you started, did you just sort of see them? And- um, yeah, so like at the start, it just happened by, by like literally just traveling around because my family originally from Sligo, which would be up in the kind of northwest of Ireland. I grew up in the Midlands. Then I lived in Dublin for the last 15 or so years. Um, so I would have traveled a lot around the country growing up as a kid. And then, like, over the last few years, like, I've kind of just, yeah, literally just kind of get on the road and kind of go go looking for a lot of kind of small kind of towns and villages around Ireland to, to photograph. And, like, myself and my wife, like, we, we travel a lot around just on various weekends, just hop in the car and kind of see, see where it takes us. And kind of, we, we seem, like, we tend to kind of go camping a lot around the west of Ireland and kind of a lot of kind of rural kind of places and get off the motorway and travel around that way. And, yeah, that's how we kind of come across them. But, like... Before, like sometimes as well, I kind that of that sounds really fun actually. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a nice, nice way of kind of getting out and doing, exploring the country a bit more, and kind of you know getting off the big motorways and kind of taking the smaller kind of secondary roads and getting to see the proper proper parts of Ireland, you know. Um, and sometimes as well, I kind of, I kind of do like I get onto Google Maps and kind of see what towns, what towns and villages might have good shop fronts, and you know, and I kind of do it by that way as well. So. It's kind of the use of the use of technology kind of comes into it as well sometimes as, as well as the kind of more traditional way of just driving and uh, figuring out as you go along. Yeah, I guess it's good to have a little bit of a heads up at some point. Yeah, exactly. I am actually moving to Ireland in uh, November, and we went to like um, oh I forget where it was because it might have been Galway, but I'm pretty sure like I I know no, not loads, but like I know it's the odd shop front, and they do look different to over here because I obviously live in the UK. But yeah. um, don't know. I wonder if I'm, I'll notice them when I'm over there. But yeah, no, it's like, I guess you have to hunt a little bit at the same time. Yeah, like like a lot of the, like like a lot of the cities, you know, say Dublin, Galway, Cork, and that they wouldn't really have as much because there's been so much kind of change in the cities over you know over the last say twenty years but like a lot of the kind of rural towns and villages would, would have kept them as much as possible but like during the recession and stuff a lot of these kind of shops and stuff would have closed down and a lot of rural Ireland was kind of was hit pretty badly during the last recession and like a lot of like young people had moved away into the cities or abroad and stuff so um, you do find like a lot of these shops are, are, are closed down and yeah so that that's kind of one of the one of the main reasons I kind of started doing this as well is kind of to document as many of these as possible before they they are kind of all lost and kind of shut down for good. That is happening, and it's kind of it's the sad part of the project. Do you think because of the project though that people kind of are interested in trying to save the shop fronts, or, or are they more just interested in well, you're documenting them through photographs? That's good enough for us. No, it's definitely like like as i said over the last say whatever year or whatever year year and a half there's been definitely a real focus on 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 the project and then from that like i'm getting loads of emails of different premises around like around the country who are who are really happy about the project that i'm doing and they're kind of like people are just really beginning to see the the kind of work and in keeping these and maintaining them as, as much as we can and then as as part of the like the Biennale exhibition is the Irish the, the Irish kind of part of it is about 
market towns in Ireland and how we really need to kind of renew our market towns and kind of get them get them going again and get the kind of vibrant business back into them. And that's how this kind of project kind of tied into it. And I think there's definitely is a, f- a focus because like at the moment, like there's, there's a huge housing crisis in, in Dublin as well. And like the government are trying to get people out of the cities and back into rural kind of towns and another like way of people seeing what's on their doorstep and acknowledging like the beauty that that's in the, the, the towns we have in Ireland, like the, these really unique shop fronts and something that we really need to kind of focus on and kind of get going in. Yeah, rather than just the generic high street shops that yeah, you like see your, everywhere. Exactly, yeah. like your boots and your, you know, like your franchise shops that are in every town. And that, that is happening in some towns as well. And, you know, like it's harder for these kind of smaller shops to kind of compete with the bigger, you know, the bigger supermarkets or bigger pharmacies. And I think there just needs to be a bit more of an emphasis put on help, like helping these kind of businesses stay, stay in business and, kind of, you know, stay open and be able to compete with the franchises that are, that are moving into smaller towns and, across across Ireland. yeah no it's a shame and it's hard for them i mean i guess it's just trying to find some way they can market themselves to like compete but exactly, yeah, yeah. how how will they manage yeah, that exactly. really yeah no it's gonna it is, it is a hard one yeah so i also know that when you like photograph the shop fronts you like to talk to the owners and find out uh you know stories about the places have you got any particular interesting ones or yeah like not not really uh, just like some, some like i try to talk to them as much as possible but um like a lot of the time when i do take the photographs it's very it's very early in the morning like on a say a saturday a sunday morning or saturday because the reason you have to get out really early is because there's always cars parked in front of these shops Oh my god! Yeah, so you can't get like a clear shot of them, really. Exactly to get like to get a clear shot, of, like you have to get out like almost like five six a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Um, oh, blimey! Yeah, yes, it can be a bit difficult, but like um, because of that, like like sometimes it, it, if the places are open, but they're very very open that kind of that time in the morning. But like you, you do find like a lot of these shop shop fronts or shops or whatever they they're almost like a dual purpose, like the, especially in smaller towns. Like the pub is also the the local grocery shop, and it can be the, the like the the funeral directors. It can be the post office. It can be like you know one place stop one stop shop for all the for all the local amenities, and you find that a lot in a lot of a lot of these these old um, premises around, around, especially in the rural kind of. Oh, I see. So it's kind of like they just they sort of just keep the front, yeah. and what is within it is. Something yeah, else. so yeah, so like literally on one side of the bar, on one, when you walk into the premises, on one side you'd have a bar, the other side you'd have a, a grocery counter. At the back, you'd almost you'd have a like like a funeral director's home, like selling all sorts of DIY fishing equipment, like everything, like all in it. Like especially in the likes of like smaller villages and towns, like there might be only one or two shops in in the premises, and that that's they're used for 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 all all those things, which is quite unique, also, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you also notice any trends between areas and the shop front with the typography? Is it similar in yes. certain areas? Yeah, like there's different, like there's there's some of the shop fronts like um, down around the, the kind of south southwest of the country. You find they use like a, a form of kind of ceramic lettering that that's used. Um, after doing a bit of research into this, I kind of I've kind of traced it back to um, a lot of these were actually made up, up over in Scotland. In a place in Glasgow, there's a, a foundry up in Glasgow that used to used to produce these letters. They they no longer exist, but a lot of these letters are produced over there, and they're applied to like shop fronts, especially around the southwest of Ireland. Also, you find find that like a lot of kind of 
kind of Gaelic names um, are used up in the kind of up in the border counties as well. Like up around kind of Donegal, kind of Cavan, up around that area, you see a lot of kind of Irish Gaelic names on the shop fronts and the, on the pub fronts as well, which is which is really interesting. And also, like you see a lot of a lot of these are used in the Gaeltacht areas of, of Ireland as well, so kind of the likes of Galway and Kerry and around that area also. Okay, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Have you got a sort of favourite type of shop front or typography, particularly when you photograph them? Yeah, like I, I really like the kind of, there's a lot of kind of gold uh, gilded shop fronts as well, which are, you know, they're common throughout the, throughout the world, but they're also quite common uh, around Ireland. But there's a kind of, there's also, I, I, I've started taking photographs of kind of the more, um, not the really, really old ones, but like the ones around the 70s and 80s, which are kind of, which I think are really, really nice, where you have like a mosaic kind of tile front on them. And it's almost like a pixelated kind of uh, finish on them, where, where you have like a, a, like a very small square kind of mosaic tiles, where, where it kind of covers the shop front. And um, I really think these are kind of really interesting. And like a lot of the shop fronts are protected, but I don't know if the if the ones from the seventies and eighties are as protected as say the ones from the from the nineteen thirties or forties. And I think it's kind of important that we start protecting the ones from around that era, era as well as, as much as the ones from the you know, back in the 1930s and 20s. Do you think any, like, heritage board, uh, bodies would get on board with that? Or Well, yeah, well, like, definitely. Like, even, like, last week I gave a talk, like, I gave a talk up in, in County Meath. They, they had an exhibition of all, these, of all my photographs and I kind of gave a bit of a talk um, about, you know, about the project and, and how, like, what I'm talking to you about as well. Um, and I kind of, I kind of, focused on the idea that we need to kind of start looking at uh, preserving like a lot of the kind of the shop fronts that are quite unique like the ones from the 70s and 80s like these kind of mosaic mosaic kind of tiled shop fronts that I'm talking about now they're they're really interesting and I think they're they're as interesting as the older ones as well so I think it's something that we need to kind of look at next and like there was like the talk I gave to was like to the like local heritage councillors and they like a lot of them were there and it was like ones from all around Ireland were there as well so and even from that they Got a few more talks out of it as well, which which is quite interesting. So yeah, no, there definitely is kind of people starting to take note of you know the the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, I think there is kind of a turn in people taking interested in sort of seventies and eighties buildings. They're becoming listed, and you hear of it a lot more definitely. like brutalist architecture as well. Even people are starting to really yeah. see something in it now. Exactly, I think yeah, definitely. And like sometimes these are so obvious to, to a lot of people, they're just, in your, they're just in your local town and you never really pay attention to them. But when someone else kind of highlights it and then it kind of becomes, a, you can start a conversation on it and then people, people start to kind of realise that there is something to it and there is something beautiful in these as well. And as much as the older kind of more colourful ones and stuff, I think it is kind of good to, to, to acknowledge that these type of ones also, which is important. Yeah, no, I think so as well, because the reality is one day they're going to be as old as the old ones. And if no one bothers to do anything about it now, well, then they're going to be gone, aren't they? So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think it's kind of some people can't shift their mindset because, you know, some of these 70s, 80s, 60s builders can be typically ugly. I don't think they can, I don't think they want to save it because it, to them it's ugly, you know. They yeah. just like the grand old looking ones, but. I think mindsets are changing a little bit. Exactly, yeah. Probably just take yeah. a bit more time. Yeah, exactly. And, and the more we, the more you kind of, the more we kind of bring it up, and the more you kind of write about it or kind of, you know, talk about it, the more people kind of realise, you know, it's all about kind of starting that conversation and protect it. Like it's all about just protecting their, you know, the heritage and the, the the style around what's 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 there already, rather than having covered up and put plastic signage on everything. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, there's so many things in heritage at the moment, like moving toward that and then it's even preserving some things. I mean, there's so much stuff, it's hard to decide what to preserve and look after now and getting the money for it and stuff. So yeah, just got to really pick out, you know, what seems worthy. Yeah, absolutely. So where did your like, interest in, in this stem from originally? Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. So like, like obviously, I, stu- like I studied graphic design in college, and that's my that, that's what I do at my own graphic design company. But uh, when I was growing up as a kid, like my dad, my dad's an architect himself, and then like when we were growing up, he used to collect like all like really old and enamel kind of advertising signs from kind of places that he, they would have worked on old buildings, and he would have kind of found like loads of old signage and advertising signs and stuff, and he used to bring them home. Like he'd hang them up on out, out the back of our house or around our garage and the back of our garage wall. And um, we used to have loads of them like hanging up on the wall over for years and years and years. And like, I think that's kind of where my f- initial kind of initial interest came, like almost subconsciously, I'd say, as I like, I used to play football out in the back garden and I used to have all these signs around. And I think even then it probably had started like a kind of vision or whatever in my, in my mind by, by seeing these all the time. But I think it was just later on in when I went to college, I kind of realized that these kind of had formed some sort of, um, uh, vision like uh, appreciation yeah. of, of typography yeah I think it kind of probably would stem from there and then obviously then went to college and studied graphic design and have had a really strong interest in typography since then yeah it's, fu- it's kind of funny how like your interests sort of form out of things when you look back when you were younger because I think for me as well with heritage when I look back and clearly see how that stem yeah. you know <laughs> you don't think at the time yeah exactly without even knowing that like at the time you don't you don't realise and then you kind of you kind of look back and you're like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense and why, why, it, why it came from there, you know? Do you think that's kind of how you got into graphics as well then? So it was like a combined thing? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Like I was like I was also, like I was always really interested in art and drawing as a kid and stuff like that. Like I used to literally like draw album covers and my dad's record covers and used to like copy the drawings on them and then when I was growing up, like like all our friends used to tape tapes. One person would buy a CD and then one person, you, you just like, tape about five different versions of it. I used to draw all the covers for all the tapes for my friends in school and then yeah, yeah, hand them around that way. And I don't know, I just just used to love just drawing the covers of CDs and tapes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it kind of stemmed from that I say as well. And just have a, had a real interest in design from from pretty early age. Kind of like the perfect thing for you to do, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much was, yeah. It's just kinda of, yeah, kinda of kept like and I don't know, like since since I was like eleven or twelve I kind of knew that that's the kind of line of industry I wanted to work in. Yeah, stem from there and kind of kept going, which is lucky enough because like it, like for me it's more of a it's not even a job it's a, it's a hobby and I'm just lucky that I that it, that that I have something that I work in that is as interesting to me as like that you know which is good. Oh, that's great. That's honestly that's so good. You've got a job that you absolutely love. It's just fun to. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, what's the future with the project? Where can you see it going? Are you just going to keep going with it and keep giving talks? And- yeah, so like at the moment, like literally at the moment, I released the website for it there in the last few weeks. So I'm literally just updating that as we go. Like I've literally, I think I've read three or 400 photographs. So I'm putting them all up on a, on a website at the moment called rtype.ie. And then... Oh, that's good. You've just got your Instagram at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's just Instagram. So like only like in the last it's only in the last week I've just built this website and just there's only about five or six up there at the moment but I'm literally working on it as as we speak so hopefully in the next week or so I should have the next say about a hundred up there and 
like I'm trying to do like a little bit of research into each of the premises as well and kind of putting up like what they were and like a little bit of info on, about each one and kind of trying to get little anecdotes from local historians and stuff as well. So trying to build a little bit of a, a kind of, I don't know, collection of them that way. Um, and then from that, I started working on a book as well. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so like like I've been approached by a few publishers as well and just trying to figure out what way to do that at the moment. Like I, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to figure out whether I should publish it myself or go down the route of using the publisher because I know like I've spoken to a few publishers and some of them are trying to take it in a little bit of a different direction and kind of aim it towards tourists and that kind of thing but it's not really that kind of project if you know what I mean so yeah so I'm just trying to figure out at the moment and see what way I want to yeah I want to do that and kind of looking through looking at funding and approaching different like approaching different kind of heritage councils and yeah places in Ireland to, to kind of get funding for it and stuff like that so yeah so I'm kind of looking into all that at the moment and Oh, that sounds really good. To be honest, maybe you should just do it yourself if they're sort of taking their own reins on it, because they might just make it not what it's meant to be. Exactly, and that, yeah, and, and and like like I've designed a, a good few books in my time already, so like I know the, how it works to design a book, and I know how much it costs, and I know you know like I know printers and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I have the experience here just to you know to kind of do it myself and like fund it and see see what kind of funding I can get, and maybe I think about maybe doing like a Kickstarter project through it as well which could work that might be a good idea i reckon you'd get probably a lot of interest yeah i think so i think like there's been a few other things like that as well that i've kind of seen i've been keeping an eye on as well i think you know there is i think there could be enough kind of interest there to kind of get get it get it off the ground anyway at least and i was, I was hoping to have it out for next christmas but obviously that's not going to happen now so it'll probably be like probably this time next year i'd say by the time it's probably released but yeah so that that is that is the long-term project like i, I kind of want to get it right rather than just rush it and have it out you know I think like it needs to be needs to be done right rather than having just to release it really quickly, you know. Yeah, no, I'd say so. Well, I mean, you got well. You said you're doing the website, so you've got that as well coming. Anyway, yeah, exactly. So. I think like doing the website as well would kind of help me kind of focus on the what what is needed for the book as well, and kind of getting the different stories that kind of might work for the book and kind of the ongoing process at the moment as well. How do you actually like keep track of all these pictures? Do you just have to rename them and everything? Because there's so many. You said there was like 300, 500. Yeah. You must yeah. just yeah, like I've got like I've plenty of folders on my on my computer for them. Like there's yeah, I've loads of different folders, and there's been four exhibitions of them to date as well. So when the exhibitions kind of help you kind of catalog a lot of them as well, and kind of you know you have to get them ready for print, and yeah, you, you, you name them, and then you put them in different folders and all that kind of stuff as well. So they've kind of helped along the way, kind of keep everything in yeah do you pick the pictures you want to put on exhibition or do they pick them for you the last exhibition i had was up in it was in county meads which is kind of just north of dublin and like a lot of the, they wanted kind of a lot of pictures from their area like around the, that area so so there would have pictures from around meads west mead dundalk and calvin area so so that was that one and then for the last one last exhibition that i had in dublin that was kind of yeah no it was just i, I picked whichever ones yeah, we're kind of, you know, most popular. Like, you, you kind of gauge which ones are really popular from Instagram and, you know, the people who comment on them and stuff like that. So you kind of do it. You can, you can kind of sense that way, which which ones people really like and which ones, you know, kind of work and don't work or whatever. So, yeah, so it's, kind of way. it's usually done. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for, for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for getting in touch. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you know the drill by now with every other podcast. Please head over to iTunes and give it a rating and review. I'd really appreciate it. To 
find out anything else Sense of Place podcast related, please head over to the website, which is www.senseofplacepod.com. Here you'll find bonus content, links to social media, etc, etc. That's all from me for now. So I'll speak to you again in two weeks.